Motherboard is brought to you this week by GitHub. GitHub is the best way to build software together. Whether it's your company's app, your favorite open source library, or a weekend side project, GitHub helps everyone work better by providing tools for easier collaboration and code sharing on any device. Start collaborating today. Open source project hosting is free. This is episode 10 of Motherboard. I'm Catherine Rotundo, and today's guest is Sarah Pyle. Sarah is a supportive cat at GitHub. She lives and works remotely from Oklahoma and has a 15-month-old daughter. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Catherine. How are you today? Oh, I'm good. I'm uh, a little exhausted. My daughter decided that sleep was stupid last night, so (sighs) the whole house was up at about four this morning. Oh, no. Yeah. Um. Gosh, I remember that age being hard for, for sleep too. Like we did really effective, um, Ferber method, you know, like interval mm-hmm. timing, st- sleep training when he was like nine months old. And I, I feel like it was around 15 months that that all went to pot. Like he got sick or something and then the whole schedule just went out the window. and Yeah. And then with the time change there, because her schedule's thrown off by an hour anyway, Oh, and right. so then it's, yeah. But other than that, everything's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, sleep deprivation is kind of par for the course. <laughs> the yeah. age, right? Like you just weather it. Uh, cool. Well, I'm really, really excited to talk to you. Um, when I uh, contacted GitHub a few months ago, um, someone put me in touch with all of these women. It seems like there are so many like pregnant and new moms at GitHub and um, it's fantastic. Like I'm so envious of it. I wish that I had worked at a company with other moms and that like got mom stuff when I was at that stage. Yeah. It was really interesting. I was actually, um, I wasn't the first female hubber to get pregnant while I was at GitHub, but I was the first to go on maternity leave and then come back. we had had oh. a hubber, who I never met because she was on maternity leave when I got hired, who had gone on maternity leave and then just didn't come back from it. Just decided it worked better for her to stay home, which I don't know her. I never met her. And so I don't know. Yeah. But she worked in a completely different section than I do. So that was an added interesting moment. We didn't have a written maternity leave policy. And yeah, we, we didn't have one even when I was pregnant, we got it written before, luckily before the next person announced that they were pregnant. Um, oh my goodness, this is fascinating. I had no idea. Yeah, we had, it was, GitHub is, is one of those companies that says, you know, take the time you need, like take leave when you need to take leave kind of a thing. And I guess that they had kind of folded paternity leave in with that. Just the idea of like, okay, one of our male hubbers, if his partner has a child, he'll leave to go be with the kid for a little bit and then he'll come back, yeah. you know? And so I don't think that it ever occurred to them, like, because all the other women who worked there had kids, but they were school age or like old enough to be, you know, in daycare or whatever. They weren't newborns, like nobody had had that happen yet. And so I was hired in December, um, 2012. Wow. That sounds a long time ago. (laughs) Uh, I was hired in December and I found out I was pregnant in January. So I went to my boss 
at the time. And she kind of went, yeah, we don't have a written maternity policy. We should probably do that. And then we <laughs> yeah, talked. <you> <laughs> it might be, it might be helpful. So we went to HR, our HR people and talked about it. And what we ended up doing was I got, I was offered four months of paid maternity leave full time, which was nice. Wow. I, because in Oklahoma, I think you'll have to please fact check me on this. Cause I don't know if I'm right. I think Oklahoma is like six weeks or it's, it's a much oh, lower number where I live. Really crummy. <laughs> yeah. And so, and my husband at the time was working a full-time job and he only, he got six weeks and it was amazing that he got that long. That yeah. was a really big surprise. So <laughs> we were like, okay, so I get four months full-time and you know, it'll be fine. Like by then she'll be old enough that we can get a sitter or whatever and it'll be fine. So I took the last month of my pregnancy off and then uh, the first month that she was born, I took off and then I came back to work because I was feeling good and I was doing like, I felt like I could balance it. Wow. I'm impressed. It was, it was a <laughs> <That's> mistake. <early. laughs> it was immediately okay. a mistake. So I worked for about a month and then I went back and took my other two months of, of medical leave after having, you know, the big panicky crap, they're going to fire me. Like, because I said I could come back and I came back and then it wasn't working. And, but they were really great. They completely understood and said that they had been surprised that I had come back early. Yeah. But because again, because I was the first one to do it, nobody knew what the expectations were. A lot of them had never worked with, with people who would leave to have a baby and then come back. And so they just didn't have a frame of reference. Yeah. And this is my first full-time job. So I didn't have a frame of reference either. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just like a perfect storm of no one really knew what to do. And we were all just kind of winging it. So I left for another two months and then I came back. And luckily now, now that we've had quite a few women, as you noticed, who are pregnant or kids, we have a pretty good set written out maternity leave policy. And, um, and there's a lot more support now because people have done it. And it's not the first person doing it isn't like blazing a trail anymore. Yeah. So did it make you nervous to find out that they didn't have a policy in place? Uh, it did just because I hadn't thought about it either. I mean, I had assumed yeah. that there was a policy. Um, but then when I when I, we talked with HR more about it, they didn't have a set policy for a lot of things. I think with a lot of startups, from what I've seen from the outside, they just don't write policies if they don't need to. Mm -hmm. And then when suddenly someone has an issue and they need to have, they need to know what to do, then that's the scramble to write something. And then you go back later and try and make it actually usable and realistic. You know, I've, I've talked to some other women who work at companies where they didn't have an expensing policy. It was mm -hmm. just kind of like, do the right thing. Don't be a jerk. Eh. And then as the company grew, they had to write a policy, obviously. Yeah. And I think with maternity leave, that's one that just doesn't come up until it comes up. And then, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, you know. But it, it's kind of interesting that it doesn't come up until it comes up because really that's um, that's really more due to the fact that as a cultural norm, dads don't take that much leave. Right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 And there's, there's the, you know, mothers as the primary parent stereotype. And then there's a lot of the men who take family leave are still working in our, in GitHub. A lot of men who go to be 
to do paternity leave still work a little bit. They don't take the complete time off because our jobs tend to be something you can do sitting on your laptop watching Netflix with the baby on you. (laughs) Uh, At least that's how I worked a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And so there, there's this, it was just a very interesting experience and it was, it was very stressful on top of the already existing stress that I didn't really know what was expected of me and I didn't really have a good frame of reference. Yeah. But it worked out. It worked out okay. (laughs) I'm glad. Um, So I want to hear a little bit more before we talk uh, more about what it was like um, being home at first and then going back to work. I want to hear what your job is or what it was at the time. Sure. Um, Yeah. I do. I don't do technical support, so I don't help with programming problems. Trust me, you don't want me trying to help you program a computer to do anything ever. Okay. I do account support. So I do things like billing questions, people who get locked out of their account, people who don't know what plan is right for them or don't know what GitHub really is. I do a little bit of stuff with legal or legal team, but not nearly as much as some of my coworkers do. My big thing that I've been doing lately is the student developer pack. I've been helping a lot with the massive volume of support requests from students trying to get it and people having trouble with some of the products and things like that. If you don't know about our student developer pack, it's a it's a bunch of free software and discount codes for students that we offer because we offer free educational accounts. And so it ties in with that. And it generated, how many did we decide? I think we decided that it generated 3,000 support requests in three days. Wow. And so I've been sinking a lot of time into that lately. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. But it's all email-based and so I do it from home in our bedroom actually is my office. So things like, you know, a company wants to be invoiced and we don't offer invoicing for most plans. And so I have to explain that. And then another company might want a real invoice instead of a receipt because in Europe invoicing is, I'm sorry, this is all really boring billing stuff. You can <laughs> cut all this out. It's like, this is why I don't talk to my husband about work very often. Cause I'm like, well, so Sweden has this cool billing thing where, yeah, it's not, <laughs> it's not interesting. That's okay. It's, it's interesting to me because I, I live in Germany and I, I deal with billing, but See, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Your confusion with billing stuff. But yeah, basically the gist is I do all of the parts. I help with all of the parts of github.com that aren't the programmer bits of it. Cool. Yeah. Well, there are a lot of users, so I can see that that would generate a lot of work. Um, So, and how did you come to work at GitHub in the first place? It's very strange. I don't have any sort of programming background. I did a little bit of HTML in high school. Mm -hmm. I had a Zanga account and I learned just enough HTML. Zanga was was a blogging website. It's really pathetic. I, I don't even know um, it, actually. I missed that one. Yeah, it was it was pretty weird. Um, <laughs> but I learned just enough HTML to customize my theme on there mm-hmm. and on MySpace and that kind of thing. And then that was all. I never took a computer science class or anything like that. And then in college, I got a degree in education and another degree in library science. So uh-huh. I I never really did. I did a database class once. But it was really hard, and I didn't do very well in it. That's okay. I hate databases. <laughs> They're awful. Yeah. Awful. But then I had a friend who was hired at GitHub, 
who was a programmer and he kept encouraging me to try and apply. And I kept pointing out that I don't know enough about computers and I don't know how to program and I'm not a coder. And finally a job opened up that specifically said, you don't have to be a programmer. Like you don't have to know how to code. And it was the accounts support job. And uh, after some nagging from him, I went ahead and I, I applied and I used a Donna Noble from Dr. Who picture in my application. Okay. And Donna Noble's the best character on Doctor Who, by the way. I, um, you know, I've never watched Doctor Who. Can I call you, myself a nerd? Maybe it, not. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> you can skip. You can skip several big chunks of the show, but there's a character named Donna Noble, and I used a picture of her, and that got an immediate response. Like they liked it, and they liked my application. Excellent pro tip to applying to yes. jobs. Yeah. Consider your audience. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I did the Skype interviews, and they went really well. I have a lot of retail experience. I've always worked retail, and so customer service is really easy for me. Like, mm -hmm. it's a lot easier for me than than a lot of other parts of any job. Um, and so when they flew me out to do an in-person interview, the only part that I struggled at all was in – they started asking me a little bit, like, so do you know very much about coding? Like, do you program? Do you know? And I had to admit, no, I don't know anything, mm -hmm. but I'm smart and I can read. Like if you give me something to read, I can learn how to do it, but I don't know. And for whatever reason, they picked someone who knows absolutely nothing about computers. And then I've learned a lot, a lot of the reasons that they hired me afterwards. Things like mm -hmm. the ever fleeting cultural fit or the, the customer service background. Yeah. And yeah, it's not, I, it is a very strange position. You were talking earlier about being in tech, but kind of marginal to yeah. tech. Yep. And that really, when you sent around this email originally at GitHub, we were encouraging our women devs to, to do it. And one of them was like, Oh, Sarah, you should, cause you have a baby. Cause at the time my daughter was quite a bit younger. Yeah. And uh, I was like, yeah, but I don't really, I don't do anything with computers. I'm not a tech person. And then as time has passed and we've had a lot of problems and big arguments in tech and especially in women in tech, I've gotten more comfortable identifying as such, I guess. Yeah, you definitely work in tech. Yeah. I mean, people outside of, you know, like my, I, I have a friend who's an, she's a creative director for like print mailings. She would not even know the word GitHub. Yeah. Right? Well, like it's a tech thing. You're definitely in tech. <laughs> But it's so strange for me because I didn't feel that way. I didn't feel like I was connected to the tech world at all. And then even though all of my work every day is with people who program and people who code and all of my work, like all of our internal communication is done through GitHub and stuff. I just didn't ever, I've never thought of myself as a woman in tech until like the last year. That's really interesting because it's like, I mean, being a woman working in tech is already a little bit of an outsider position. And then you have this other outsider-ness added on top of that of like not identifying as a woman who works in tech, which is already a minority. Yeah, we have, it's, it's an interesting conversation. We've had the women at GitHub have a, a chat room that we hang out in. Some of us hang out in. Oh, awesome. And we've had that conversation in there that there's different levels of quote women in tech hood. There's yeah. being like a dev or a programmer and there's being a designer and then there's being the people who, I don't want to say that, um, when the conversation becomes about how men in tech think women in tech only do soft skills, like that conversation, you yes. know, 
there are the women who actually work in the soft skills area who feel I have always felt kind of excluded from the conversation because, you know, yeah, you're right. I, I don't really program. I'm not really into computers. I work in, I do a skills area of expertise. It's not. And so it's an interesting, I think that might've been a big barrier was the, the way that the conversation tends to focus on women who, women who work in traditionally male roles, which is totally fine. And like, I get that's definitely a more, a more interesting topic in a lot of ways. But then for women who work in what are seen as feminine roles at at GitHub, we've talked a few times about the, um, the way that people value those skills lower. Yeah. Yep. You know, and I, I, I did train as a developer, but when I think about going back to work at a a company full-time someday, I think like, do I want to be a full-time engineer? Do I want to be responsible for shipping the code or do I want to be in uh, a position where I can um, use some of my other skills and it doesn't have the same sort of, um, the same sort of, you know, after hours (laughs) pressure maybe that, (laughs) that the engineer positions have. And I feel so much pressure to to continue being an engineer because if I don't, I will somehow be letting down women in tech as a whole oh, yeah. or, you know, like, because, this... you know, if you can, you must, right? right. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm definitely with you on this. Yeah. It's, we have a lot of women in our company who work in what are traditionally seen as, as non-technical soft skills kind of roles. We have a lot of women who are our office staff and who do administrative stuff and HR stuff our support team is actually pretty evenly divided, but we definitely have more women in the non-technical aspects in the accounts stuff that I do. Yeah. We do have a few women support cats who do the technical stuff and they're amazing and they keep trying to like offer to teach me how to do something. And I'm like, I don't really, I don't know. I think it's also okay to like have your, your niche. And if if that's not your niche, then let it go. (laughs) Yeah. But it's it's an interesting – we talk about that with a few of our male colleagues are really big proponents of soft skills, like trying to encourage people to learn to take, you know, a nonviolent communication class or mm-hmm. go to an unconscious harassment seminar or whatever. Just do something, you know, yeah. because they, they're with us that the soft skills are important and that, yes, teaching women to program is important, but also learning not to assume that, quote, feminine stuff is not interesting or not important or not useful – yeah. I was yeah. <laughs> the company definitely couldn't run without it. Exactly. Like what com- think about the worst technical support you've ever had. Yeah. That's a person those are usually people who don't never learned how to do soft skills or don't consider them important and so they don't hire for those skills. Right. And and with support and with all of these things that require these these interpersonal communications and these sort of I don't know. I don't want to say social awareness because that sounds dumb, but you know what I mean? Like yeah, just these other. Yeah, just, yeah. Uh, and it's a. I don't have yeah, a good word it's either. A, I write like uh, yeah. emotional intelligence, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah. Cool. Well, I'm I'm glad you're there. It sounds like it's a great place for you to be. <laughs> it sounds like it was a little, you know, a little, um, bit of an exciting thing to start there and immediately realize you were pregnant and immediately have no uh, policy in place and have to to figure it out. 
Um, how, how did your pregnancy go? Were you healthy? Uh, Were you able to work normally? I was, I had a surprisingly great pregnancy. I, uh, I had heartburn for the first time in my life to the point where I was like rubbing my neck and my husband was like, what's wrong? I was like, man, my chest hurts. Like it just hurts. It feels like I ate something really hot. And he was like, yeah, that's heartburn. (laughs) And then he he wouldn't talk to me for like an hour because he has heart, he's had heartburn forever. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Oh man. I'm so, I'm so envious of you only because (laughs) I had pain. I had pain in my uh, chest when I was pregnant and my midwife was like, Oh, sounds like heartburn. And it turns out it wasn't later. It was my, oh, no. it was, it was a gallstone. <laughs> like oh, I had no. to have my gallbladder removed when my, I was six or seven weeks postpartum. Um, oh, no. oh, so I wish it had just been heartburn. <laughs> that sounds, that sounds delightful. <laughs> That's awful. Oh man. But yeah. no, my, my pregnancy went really well. I, like I said, I took the last month of my pregnancy off. Yeah, I'm I'm sitting here with so so green with envy about that. That sounds yeah. nice too. It was, it was an excellent life choice because at about 37 weeks, I was just done. I was like, nope, uh, this is fun. I'm not enjoying this. I don't want to be pregnant anymore. <laughs> this is yeah. stupid. So I had a couple weeks to rest, and my husband kept going to work so that he could work or he could take longer after I had the baby, and it was just really nice. I got to kind of nest a little bit which i hadn't really done before that and everything so it's good cool well so then um it sounds like the first month after your daughter was born must have also gone pretty swimmingly (laughs) that you were (laughs) feeling like going back to work already yeah i part of it honestly was from anxiety i was worried about my job. I was, I was unreasonably worried that if I took the full time, I wouldn't be because, um, the tech world moves so fast and GitHub moves so fast. I worried that if I stayed away the whole time, when I came back, I wouldn't be any, any use, you know, I would have missed so much and things would have changed so much. So I came back planning on taking it a little easier and not working 10, 11 hour days like I'd been and not you know, killing myself over it. But what happened instead was my husband was still working full time and I, it was fine at first because I could sit there and have the baby next to me. And she was in that worm stage where she couldn't really do anything. (laughs) So it worked okay for a few weeks. And then once she got more active, it just all fell apart. So Mm. it got, uh, so that's when I took those, those other two months. Because I couldn't, she was too active where I couldn't focus on work. Yeah. And so. Yeah, I am. Um, I have never, I mean, my kid is six now and there has never been a point in his development where I felt like if he's home that I can get work done. Yeah. Aside from now, now it's evening for me and he is asleep and I am staying up late <laughs> to do this interview with you. You know, that's, that's the only time that he's home that I can, can get something done. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and it's different with different babies, right? Like maybe there are some who do kind of just lay there when they're three, four months old and still kind of just, you know, coo at you (laughs) and don't need that much. Um, there are some who are like trying to turn over and they want to (laughs) crawl and they're like, uh, really upset that they can't yet. Exactly. Letting you know it. Yeah. Yeah. So she, uh, she was definitely the latter Mm -hmm. of those. 
she actually started rolling over right at three months and it was like oh no 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 this isn't (laughs) this isn't okay and then things got kind of hairy because then I was stuck and I didn't know what to do Mm. and my husband was working a job that he hated he was working a full-time job that he'd worked at for eight years and he had hated it for years and I was making enough money that we could make it if he quit like we could skim by if he quit his job Ah. Um, so he quit and he came home and was working full-time or working um, nights for a little bit to kind of ease out and train his replacement and then was home full-time and then so he was home all the time with the baby I was trying to work full-time and we haven't both been at home all the time around each other ever in our marriage. Like, yeah, never. that's an adjustment too. Yeah. yeah. And so when my daughter was about five months old, I flew out to the office in San Francisco to see everybody and bring the baby and get some work done and see some coworkers and uh, brought her in with me to the office and had a feedback conversation with my manager where it was decided that it would be better for me to go down to half time. Right. Be- partially because with my daughter and my husband in the house, it was hard for me to work full time and yeah. focus. And uh, that would have been fine if my husband hadn't just quit his job. And so now instead of me making enough to cover our family, it was me making half of enough to cover our family. So that really was, tight? yeah, that was an extremely stressful about a month or two. And then we had a rearrangement of of managers at GitHub. Mm-hmm. And so people got just kind of shuffled around and moved around. And my new manager is a peer of mine, actually. He, he and I were hired at the same time. And we talked about my recent move down. And this is where it kind of gets interesting because I brought up that I felt that my performance was being compared to before I had had a baby when I was working 10 and 11 hours a day and slamming as hard as I could and I didn't have anyone else around. And then now, at the time, I was working a more normal schedule. I wasn't putting in extra time. I wasn't working every minute that I was home. And I felt like it was an unfair comparison in some ways. Yeah. Comparing working 100% normally and working 100% with no one else that depended on me and no other considerations in my life. And part of that was my own fault. I worked so hard before that then when I came back and I had decided to work more normally, I might not have communicated it well enough or I might not have, I don't know. Adjusted expectations somehow. Exactly. So the expectation was still there that I was going to be the same workload. I mean, I think... I think the tech industry loves this. There are legions of 20-somethings who want to be living that lifestyle. Exactly. <laughs> you know? And um, it, it kind of feels a little bit like you become a little more disposable at the point where you decide you want to have a regular 9-to-5 kind of job, even mm-hmm. if it's just for a, for a, a small part of your, your career overall. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And in their defense, my my current manager and everyone else that I've talked to in leadership has been really supportive of work-life balance. That's one of the things that I liked about what I heard about GitHub before I worked yeah. there, which was that they put a real emphasis on work-life balance. And they do. But on some level, and this is tech industry-wide, this isn't just GitHub, but on some level, it feels like they support work-life balance for people who 
want to go to Burning Man or want to <laughs> work from a beach from Thailand for six months of the year. And not so much maybe people who, after having a kid, want to cut to like a nine to five office job where they go in and they work nine to five and they go home and they don't socialize or, you know, go to big company trips or whatever anymore because they have this other thing that they do. Yeah. And I don't know. That's definitely changing at GitHub because more people are having children who are in, are in family situations or who are the solo parent or at least the parent in charge Men and women. We've had some men who are now the the lead parent in their family. Mm -hmm. Wow! And so I, I feel I, like that's changing. I'm excited to see how how GitHub can be a leader in that and helping other companies understand it too. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I went through it. I after um, after a while. I mean, it was months and months after I started <laughs> working. Uh, after my son was born, um, that I. I was finally diagnosed with postpartum depression and yeah. my therapist was like, get out of tech. It's a terrible place <laughs> for women. And I was like, no, I'm staying. I love this field. Um, and then she's like, okay, work with me. Like, can you comp can you go down to part time? And I was like, if I do, I'll be the only one who does it. Yeah. You know, like there, there are no men around me <laughs> working part time. Yeah. And I ultimately did it. But I felt like part of my job um, then became to help uh, help people understand my availability and not be frustrated when yeah. I wasn't available at times that everybody else was and to um, help them understand how to gauge my productivity against the rest of the team who worked full time. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. We, yeah. one of the, one of the women at GitHub who recently had a child just came back and she came back part time. Mm -hmm. which she love is working out really great for her. And I actually really loved being half time because I only worked weekends. That was how I worked it out was I just oh, worked nice. Saturday and Sunday. And then I was, I had the whole week and it was fabulous. And if, if later my husband decides he wants to go back to full-time work somewhere, I would have no problem going down to part-time. But for the moment I had to go back up to full, you know, to make mortgage payments. And <laughs> yeah take yeah. people to the dentist and things. But yeah, it's a really interesting, I think there's a lot of potential there to talk about, to talk about the way that work-life balance should actually be, not just a slogan that people throw around to make yeah. their company sound nice, but like, actually, what do you want your life to be like? And how do we structure your work around that? I'm right there with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I want to pause. Um, you mentioned earlier uh, the student developer pack for mm -hmm. GitHub, and I want to talk a little more about it. Learn to ship software like a pro. There's no substitute for hands-on experience, but for most students, real-world tools can be cost-prohibitive. That's why GitHub created the student developer pack with some of their partners and friends, to give students free access to the best developer tools in one place so they can learn by doing. If you or someone in your life is a student over the age of 13, head over to education.github.com today to find out more and sign up. And uh, if you have any problems, I guess you'll be talking to Sarah afterward. <laughs> Uh, we've had we've had an amazing response to the student developer pack and unfortunately part of the response has been please give us another couple days because we've got 3000 requests it's going to take us a little bit to get through everybody 
But luckily, everyone, most of the students have been very excited and stoked to get to use this stuff and really, really happy, which has been nice. It's nice to answer a bunch of emails that are happy emails instead of a bunch of emails that are not happy emails. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I imagine if, you, um, if you're writing an unhappy email about free stuff, you must not be a very nice person. <laughs> yeah. And we've had relatively few of those. It's been nice. It's been... Uh, we announced the student developer pack after a lot of negative attention and negative events had happened. Mm. And uh, so it was a very welcome change, which is probably part of the reason, part of the reason I've been sinking so much of my time into it is because it is mostly a positive supportive experience instead of people being angry at me. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you went back to full time and, um, and then your husband, since then, has he been uh, at home full-time with the baby? Or did he start any part-time work? Or is he totally at home? They, My office is in our bedroom, and they have the rest of the house to kind of do whatever during the day. I work about 9.30 in the morning to uh, about 4 or 5 in the afternoon or evening. And then the rest of the time, we're all together. Um, sometimes they'll go out for the day. Like, they're out right now. They went to drop off some stuff at, uh, do some errands and pick up some books from the library and they're going to have a meal together. Like they go and do things a couple days a week. Mm -hmm. Um, but then the rest of the time they're just here in the house or at the park in our neighborhood or whatever, just around. So. And do you feel like you've gotten to, I mean, you've been doing this for, for a while now. So are you at a place where you can can tune out the noises, you know, if she falls and hurts herself and starts crying or whatever, do you, um, or, or do you feel like you, you enjoy having the flexibility to go run and check what it is and then go back to your desk? Definitely that. I, I yeah. enjoy being able to step away for a minute and, you know, hold her while Jason picks up the glass that she dropped or whatever and, and be here to help, but not be, it's incredibly freeing to not be the main parent during the day. Yeah. I can only imagine this is what men must feel like normally. Like, yeah. it's not my job. I don't have to worry about it. She's great and she's healthy and fine. And someone who loves her is taking care of her and it's not me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, <laughs> you know, I just started um, my, uh, so I, I live in Germany with my husband who has a full-time job here. Well, a full-time graduate student and, but I don't have a job here. Um, I do freelance here and there, but I don't work for someone else full time. So um, for most of the time that we've been here, I have brought our son to his kindergarten and picked him up. Mm -hmm. And we just switched a few weeks ago that my husband brings him in the morning and I pick him up in the afternoon. And it has been huge for me to just be able to sleep in a little or just like get a nice, (laughs) I'm a morning person. So getting a nice early start on my day instead of it starting at like 10 a.m. after I have finished doing all of the running around, mm-hmm. um, you know, to have it start earlier has yeah. been really nice. And um, I can't believe I didn't ask to do it sooner. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. amazing to have that freedom. <laughs> and, uh, you know, clearly it doesn't mean I love my kid any less or that I'm any less of a mom. It just means I have more time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And we, we talked, we have talked about, other options about putting her in some kind of daycare or having having someone come to the house yeah. but it's one of those i i think 
all childcare should frankly be like subsidized so that I don't, we don't have to pay as much for it. Like, and, and I think everyone should do whatever they think is best for their family and whatever works for them. For us, the expense of having someone come to the house just doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. If my husband can just can be home and take care of her, then why would he go to work and then us bring another person home? If I'm also home, it just feels weird for us. Yeah. And then daycare wise, we're not religious and there most of the good daycares in our area are run by churches oh. and they have varying levels of how much the the church influences the daycare uh, but it's really tough to dig through and figure out which ones is like a religious daycare and which one is just happens to be in a church yeah and yeah. so we haven't we haven't dug into all of them um, there is one really great Montessori style preschool but it's very hard to get into of and, course, uh, <laughs> of course yeah. it is. All the good things are I mean, hard. Yeah, and then there are a few others that are great, but they don't start until two. You can't have uh-huh. you can't have a child younger than two in them. And so we'll, I guess, we'll revisit it when she's two, and we can start trying more heart, more uh, readily into those. But yeah, it's just and not you know not that if we sent her to a church daycare it would be a problem, but just. Again, if we're already here and doing this and it's working, then why add a wrinkle? We don't have to. Yeah, it sounds like you guys have a pretty awesome setup. It works pretty great. If my husband decides he wants to go back to full-time work, which he's been talking about a little bit lately, so he might want to when she's a little bit older, Mm -hmm. then I have offered to go down to half-time again and be home with her during the week and just work weekends. Yeah, that seems ideal for me like if I got to pick that would be my pick yeah (laughs) so oh it sounds like you have a bunch of good options yeah we we really are extremely lucky and we have my husband's family lives here in town and so in an emergency we can drop the baby off at his mom's oh that's really nice too yeah and my brother and his wife and their kids live in just across town from us but they're moving which is going to be really sad because we we use them a lot for like date nights. We'll trade off date nights where we'll keep their two daughters or they'll keep our daughter or whoever. Oh, I'm 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 envious of this. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> you know, really... ha- having moved across an ocean from everyone exactly. that we know, we don't have that, and so I, I do think it's really lucky um, if if you can take advantage of that sort of thing. Exactly. We when I got hired at GitHub, they offered they do some moving cost payment like they'll mm-hmm. cover the cost for you to move to san francisco and my husband was like well do we want to move to san francisco and i was like no no <laughs> no for a lot of reasons but one of which was that you know both of our families are here and we both are from oklahoma and have lived here our whole lives and so we didn't want to we didn't want to leave and then um my best friend from home she and her husband moved to san francisco because he got a job with a tech company and they, like, seeing them adjust has just made me more sure. Like, nope, we're good. We don't, yeah. <laughs> don't want to move somewhere else. We're good. It's good. Uh, yeah, we, San Francisco's never been on my list of places I want to live. But it, it, my perception has kind of shifted after living in a foreign country. I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. San, Francisco, San Francisco speaks English. And they have Whole Foods. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. My standards have totally changed. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. yeah. We don't have a Whole Foods here, so they have that on us. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Or Trader Joe's or whatever. Just <laughs> like to be able to buy jicama somewhere. <laughs> I, don't know. Stuff I, good, I don't know. Does Germany have good burritos? No, <laughs> not at all. Well, I mean, I live in a tiny rural town that has um, one, maybe it has two Mexican restaurants. It Pretty much there's only German food, a Swabian food, like the this area's food and pizza. Nice. Um, and then there's this one. Mexican restaurant that I'm going to have to call it a Tex-Mex restaurant. Actually, it's like <laughs> not anywhere near authentic Mexican and no, no good burritos. So I think the bigger cities do like, I bet you could find a decent burrito in Berlin, but not right. here. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> anyway. <laughs> so, um, so what, uh, have there been any phases since you went back to working full time that have been easier or harder during your daughter's development? Um, right now is a lot harder than just after I went back to full time. She's walking now and oh, yeah. uh, she knows it's strange because some days she's fine and she knows that I go in the bedroom and I close the door and we don't go in there and, you know, mom works. And then some days she, sees me go in and close the door, you know, cause I go out to have breakfast with them. We have breakfast before I start work and, um, I go in and close the door and she just breaks down and oh. cries and, and we have a cat and he, um, will stick his paw under the door when he wants you to let him in. And she has learned that. <gasps> and so sometimes I look over and there's this little hand under the door. Oh, like, Oh dear. It's the worst, but she, that's not every day. But that's the hardest is when she wants to come in and hang out. And I would love for her to, but she won't, you know, she's not old enough to sit and play with a toy quietly to where I don't have to keep an eye on her, you know? Yeah. Like, so it's kind of a, if she was, was like six months older, it would probably be fine. And when she was six months younger than she is now, it was fine. Mm -hmm. But this is really tough because she's just big enough to know that she wants to come in and play and know that she can't and not yeah. really, you know, so it's really, this part is really tough. Uh, I was so glad that they left during this interview because <laughs> I was like, cause she's going to bang on the door, which she does sometimes, which is fine. Yeah. And then there's going to be this weird loud noise that you'll have to edit out. And <laughs> That's okay. Um, in an episode, it was the one with, Ke- no, it wasn't one with Kelly. It was, um, the one that comes out next week. Um, my kid, uh, I, I was home alone with my kid and he <laughs> hadn't fallen asleep yet. And, um, he started crying <laughs> during the interview and I actually, I left it in like the whole first three minutes is like me giving him up, like moving him to the couch and giving him a blanket. And I was like, you know what? I have to leave that in because that's what this whole show is about. Exactly. Like, that's real. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. Yeah. And actually I, mean, I cut it down. So it sounds like it was only three minutes, but it was like <laughs> 10 minutes. <laughs> Oh, anyway. Yeah. We, and I, I'm a night person. That's when I, I enjoy working at night, but because of the way I'm trying to have a more normal schedule and be more available, I'm shifting into working more in the morning, mm-hmm. which I don't like doing, <laughs> but uh-huh. it's one of those, if I work at night, then I don't see her. Yes. Right. And so, so it works out pretty well. Cool. Well, so do you have any like uh, special tips or tricks or advice that you would want to give other new moms or other women, you know, just starting to think about having 
a baby? Um, gosh, I, my brother has two daughters and they're both older than my daughter is. And that helped a lot. So if you can have a brother have kids before, (laughs) no, but being, trying to find a way to be around, if you've never been around babies, really, like if you didn't have younger siblings or you didn't have younger cousins or whatever, um, finding a way to like volunteer or go to your local library and watch the kids playing or just anything to get used to them. Because my husband didn't have any experience with little kids at all. He'd never been around them. And so everything that happened the first six months she was alive was cause for panic and like Googling frantically on his phone and being worried. Be around kids. That's your, yeah. Yeah. And then for working, if you're going to work at home with a baby at home, Mm -hmm. uh, I was thinking about this because we didn't have, and don't really still really don't have um, carved out office space. I work in a little corner of our bedroom. Mm -hmm. Like if I scoot my chair back a little bit, I'll hit our bed. That's where I work. (laughs) Because we just didn't have, we didn't have room. We have a guest room, but it's just big enough for a bed. Yeah. And we don't really have, I didn't want to take over the main part of the house and have them not be able to go in the main part of the house. So if you can carve out a little office space, that would be my strong recommendation. Because even just having this little corner of the bedroom where I can close the door has helped a lot. Yeah, that's really great advice. I, um... I also wish, like, I wish that we had a, a dedicated office. We use what would normally be a dining room for real people who don't have, like, huge computer setups <laughs> as our office. But it's, like, it's openly connected to our living room. So when I do something like report, record the podcast, I have to kick my husband out of the living room. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And, yeah, it's not it, anywhere where you can close the door. Like, we, I have a friend who... She did a little bit of freelancing from home, and what she did was her kid's room, because her her kid didn't hang out in her room, so she put a desk in her room and would just go in on her laptop and close her kid's room door and work in there. And I was like, that's a decent idea, because they... It's not bad, yeah. Some kids don't play in their room, you know. So why not use that space, I guess? Hmm. Hmm. Food for thought. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thought for your thought. <laughs> Thank you so much for being willing to to share your story and and all of this good advice. Um, it's it's really interesting, and I'm I'm impressed with your your trailblazing on the maternity leave <laughs> policy stuff at GitHub. It's kind of an you know an accidental thing you had to do, but I think you probably made it easier for women who came after you. And that's um, my hope. Yeah, is that is that the women who have had have had pregnancy or have you know gotten pregnant or had a kid since since I did have ha- found it a lot less stressful and a lot more this is clearly what I'm supposed to do you know <laughs> right yeah um yeah well uh good luck with your with your um sweet little girl and her <laughs> um and this phase yeah thank you that wraps up this episode of Motherboard. Thanks again to our sponsor, GitHub, for supporting parents in tech. To sponsor or support the show, visit motherboardpodcast.com support. The show is released under a Creative Commons license. Learn more at motherboardpodcast.com about. 
Last but not least, all views expressed on the podcast are individual opinions and not representative of any company. Thanks for listening. Best wishes for a happy work life and happy parenting.